morning, campers. Camp AV Director Danny here with your morning announcements. Apologies for my absence last week, campers. I accidentally wandered off trail and ended up in Hill People territory, where I was promptly apprehended at gunpoint. I mean, uh, I, I went with them freely. I was able to return under the condition that the camp provides a tribute of 100 s'mores per week for the rest of the summer. Start toasting those marshmallows, campers. My life depends on it. Also, campers, be sure to tune in to this week's episode of The Camp Walk Along Wire. Your counselors have crossed the border into Montana. Listen in to hear their experiences when they hiked too close to someone's property. That's all for now, campers. All hail the glorious nation of hill people and have a wonderful walk-along day. Over mountains, high through rivers strong Make new friends and sing new songs So tie your shoes, we're hiking through Here at Camp Walk Along Howdy campers and welcome to the Camp Walk Along Wire Your peek into our adventures along the Continental Divide Trail I'm your Camp Director Bison coming to you from Butte, Montana My old 2,547.6 of the Continental Divide Trail Which means we have a meager 427 miles to go And I'm sure that sounds pretty surprising to my co-host And one of the best camp counselors this side of the Divide Let's give a big camp walk-along welcome to Camp Counselor Wizard Spoon Howdy Bison, and I don't know why that would be surprising to me I've been hiking these miles with you I know, I know uh, I was surprised to know we only have 427 miles left. Spoon Man, it seems like our, our journey has, has truly only just begun. and, and <laughs> I highly disagree. <laughs> have you been paying attention these past four months? No, it feels more like we've been on trail forever, and now it's coming to a close. Well, campers, we hope it hasn't felt like forever to you. In fact, we are, honestly, we're so excited. Any of you who are still with us, still listening, and still walking along with us, we're so happy to have you, campers. Uh, honestly, we, we've heard a lot from our, our, our campers and friends and, and family and folks back home and just knowing we have somebody following along and, and, and caring about what happens to us. It's nice. It's, it's good. So, and so, you know what? If just one person listens to this podcast, it'll all have been worth it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I, I, I truly, I do want more than one person to listen to this podcast. So campers, if you enjoy the Camp Walk Long Wire um, and you think you have other hiking friends, uh, summer camp buddies, who just whoever, if you know somebody in your life that you think might want to walk along with us, go ahead and give them a shout out. Holler at them. Tell them to listen to the Camp Walk Along Wire. We'd love to add more campers to the camp. But... I'm not here by myself, and I'm not just here with Spoonman campers, because we have two of our other favorite camp counselors, two of our buddies who have been hiking with us for the last couple weeks. The first one probably comes as no surprise, because as you know, gang, he is our A1 from day one, that naked man with <laughs> a master plan. It's Nude Beach. Howdy, Nude Beach. Hello, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Camp Walk Along Wire. We're also joined by a new camp counselor, friends. He is uh, the pick and child out running wild. He is maybe the number one fan of mustard on the Continental Divide Trail. Let's give a big Camp Walk Along welcome to the Buck Mild. Howdy, Buck Mild. Howdy, campers. Aww. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good. Good to have you out here. Oh, it's been great. You guys are uh, the most absurd group of uh, <laughs> counselors I've ever hiked with before, and um, 
It's just been a blast. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the camp walk along motto is it's not about the miles, it's about the smiles. And boy, do we not do miles. <laughs> also, occasionally, <laughs> that is true. Occasionally, we don't smile either. So what are we even out here doing? No, but uh, Buck Mild, what, what, give us your, uh, give us your hiking CV. What, what all have you done? What's your resume? So, um, I started backpacking when I was in high school with the Venture Crew, which is a branch of uh, the Boy Scouts. Uh, after that, I spent a couple years in college and went and hiked the Appalachian Trail in 2017 and really enjoyed that trail. And I recommend it for everybody because the social aspect of the AT is fantastic. Yeah. And the hostels are great. It's it's definitely, it's a whole nother animal than, than either of these other big trails that we've kind of talked about a lot in the past. So you said you did the, the AT in 2017? Yes, 2017. And you, and you went all the way through? Yep, started on May 5th and did uh, October 5th. And um, it was about five months exactly, so it was pretty good. Bison, what was your starting and ending date again? Let's not let's not worry about it. <laughs> it's about the smiles. It was unless uh, you're running out of money, like I was. Yeah, it was uh, it was March fifteenth to October twelfth. So I was three days shy of seven months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but hey, I had the best time anyone will ever have on the Appalachian Trail. So I don't I don't I'm not mad at a minute of it. It's been a great change uh, being out here on the Continental Divide from just being in the Tennessee and in the Appalachian Mountains. It was a yeah, you're, change. From you're a long ways out from home. Yeah. Um, and it, it's ever changing. It just keeps on evolving from one thing into another as we go state by state. And speaking of state by state, we once again find the camp counselors or camp walk along in a brand new state. So we are going to... Open back up another one of those. Yes, the best segment that we do on this podcast. That everybody <laughs> loves so much. Everyone's favorite recitation of dry facts. That's right. It's Spoonman's Geography Cabin. All right. Well, I would first like to start off with um, my biggest regret on this trail is that I also don't get to talk about Idaho. So yeah, we, sorry, campers, you're going to get one less state of information. So yeah, I was so excited. I was so excited to hear about Idaho. Why aren't we talking about Idaho right now? Because that's supposed we to be the next state after. We did not step foot in the state of Idaho. Yeah, campers, spoiler alert, we didn't, we didn't make it to Idaho. Idaho, because of this big old alt that we had to take because of the wildfires, we completely missed the state of Idaho. So now our generally a five state trail has become a four state trail. Yeah, and that's the biggest sacrifice that we've had to make is losing one more <laughs> Wizard Spoon's Geography Cabin You're segment. right, if I could take it all back just for one more chunk of dry facts, but this time about Idaho. You know what, let's just hop back and we'll do that like a hundred mile road walk into Idaho. I cannot wait. But in the meantime, let's hear a little bit about the state of Montana. What do you got, Spoonman? All right. So Montana is a state in the Mountain West subregion of the Western United States. It is bordered by Idaho to the west. Rest in peace, Idaho. We'll never get to know you. North Dakota and South Dakota to the east. Wyoming to the south, where we just were. And by the Canadian provinces of Alberta, British Columbia, and Saskatchewan to the north. Uh, the western half of Montana contains numerous mountain ranges, while the eastern half is characterized by western prairie terrain and badlands with smaller mountain ranges found throughout the state. Uh, Which I feel like we've see, already seen a lot of. I feel like we, it's big patches of flat with like we have like mountains for like six hours and then we're out of it and then we're flat again. Yep. I kind of like the change, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. Uh, you never get sick of it. I mean, I can. Road walks are nice because you can make big miles, but they also hurt more than 
regular miles because when you're going up hills and stuff, you're changing up your step and you're not like using the same muscle group. When you're hitting, when you're doing road walks, it's the same part of your foot and you're working the exact same muscles. And I just feel like, like my knees are sore and something actually nude beach and I were kind of talking about, I feel like, like my vertebrae like are compressed. I feel like I always feel like very, like I need to like crack my back at the end of a big road walk. Guys, I think this is getting a little too interesting. Can I get back to oh, uh, my sorry. boring dry facts? I'm sorry, let's get back to dry facts. Thank All you. right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, various indigenous peoples lived in the territory of the present day state of Montana for thousands of years. Historic tribes encountered by Europeans and settlers in the United States included the Crow in the South Central area, the Cheyenne in the Southeast, uh, the Blackfeet, the uh, Assiniboine and the Gorovant in the central and north central areas, and the Kutini and Salish in the west. Uh, the smaller Pondere and Kalaspel tribes lived near Flathead and the western mountains, respectively. Uh, on November 8, 1889, President Benjamin Harrison proclaimed Montana the Union's 41st state. Anyways, that is an incredibly brief history of the state of Montana, and now we can move into my actual favorite part, which is state emblems. Yay! Uh, okay, actually, so here's the thing. After Wyoming, it's really hard to stop, top state emblems. Yeah, I mean... There's no more cowboy code. Yeah, man. Right for the brand. Everything has a price. Nope, once again, all of those are wrong. You know where to draw the line. Okay. Say less, be less. <laughs> Isn't that... These are all them. Those are all incorrect. I am going to go into the Montana ones now. Uh, so yeah, uh, the state motto for Montana, you can find it on the flag and we actually looked it up the first time we saw it. Oh, I know. Do you remember it? Oro y Plata. Which stands for? Gold and silver. Yeah. Big, big mining state. I mean, we're, we're, oh, yeah. we're in Butte, Montana and literally like the entire city is just a big old mine. Well, speaking of mining, uh, can you name the two nicknames for Montana? Anybody? Uh, this is open to all, uh, all counselors. Uh, the casino state. <laughs> you you would think so. Family restaurant slash casino. <laughs> okay, so we got into Butte, and so so many restaurants also have casinos in them. Uh, the Asia Buffet, the breakfast place that we went to, uh, a gas station <laughs> was also a casino. All of them, all of my casinos. So it's it's not the casino state. It is not the casino state. Is uh, it, uh, we, we know one of them for a fact. Who wants to throw it out? Is it is it the open carry and denim state? That. Might as well also be it, but no. <laughs> uh, okay, Treasure State. Treasure oh. State is what leads into the mining aspect of oh, Montana. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and then the more well-known one, Big Sky Country. Yes. Okay. Big Sky is huge. Yeah. Uh, so in addition to having two nicknames, it also has two slogans. Uh, number one, Land of the Shining Mountains. I like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go on. Okay. I'm all ears. What's number two? Yeah. Okay. Number two. The last best place, which is a real bold claim of Montana. <laughs> the last best place. In the whole so, world. And, and worth noting, there were nine other states admitted to the union after Montana. No, but this was the, this this was the, the last, last best. good one. Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, Hawaii, <laughs> screw you. No. Uh, Alaska. 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 <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you're not attached... You're not going to be the best place. It's the last, according the, to Montana. That is such a statement. I, I want to start bringing that into my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my next, the next person I date. Oh, I'm your, I'm your last best boyfriend. Just so you know, <laughs> like you can date people after me, but like I'm your last best boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I'll pull her aside and whisper, "You can do so much. You better. can do so much better." <laughs> uh, yeah, these Western states like to make big claims. Uh, speaking of big claims, do do you want to guess the song, the official state song of Montana? What's the title? Claim Jumper. 
That'd be a better name than what it is. Anybody else? Well, uh, for a state that claims to be the last best place, their official state song is simply titled Montana. Montana! Uh, but don't worry, that's not the only musical state emblem. There's also an official state ballad, uh, officially titled Montana Melody. <laughs> And a state lullaby called Montana, Montana Lullaby. lullaby. Yes, <laughs> yes. The official state mammal. Something we have not yet seen on this trail. The official state mammal. Grizzly is bear. It is a grizzly bear. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to choose an animal, that's about as cool as you're going to get. I mean, it's the last best place, so they got to choose the last best animal. Uh, okay, the official state tree. Bison, this one is a favorite of yours. Maple? No. Uh... Oh, ponderosa pine? That is the ponderosa pine. Uh, what's interesting about the ponderosa pine? It smells like birthday cakes. Yeah, if you get your nose up in the crack of that tree, it smells I, like birthday cakes. I've always, yeah, I've heard it called, I've heard people say vanilla, I've heard people say cookies. My family, we literally, when I was a kid, because uh, I grew up in California and we that's like where my family's from, and so whenever we'd go see ponderosa pine out west, my ma would call it the birthday cake trees because you'd walk into the forest and the entire forest would just smell like birthday cake. Whoa, whoa, this is getting into personal life. That's too interesting. Yeah, sorry, my <laughs> bad, my bad. All right, official state fossil, the duck-billed dinosaur, and the official state soil, SCOBY. Like from a, like from kombucha? Uh, well, I think that's, oh yeah, that is uh, SCOBY, yeah. Isn't that SCOBY, that, that big weird like loogie that floats on the top of your... Yeah, it's the giant thing that you gotta feed in your, uh, in your kombucha. Uh, I assume that's how it's pronounced, S-C-O-B-E-Y, but I'm guessing the soil is different than the kombucha. SCOBY. Well, Anyways, that's, that's the last of the uh, official state emblem. So uh, we send you out with a salute. Dry facts. We I'm, love you. I'm glad that you chose to uh, close out with the most interesting of all the dry facts. Soil. Official state soil. <laughs> Yay, dirt. Well, campers, we're going to let you ponder your favorite soils for a little moment while we take a quick break for our afternoon announcements. We'll be back in just a sec with more of the Camp Walk Along Wire. Attention, campers. Due to a malfunction in the mess hall's refrigeration system, today's lunch will be all-you-can-eat yogurt and cottage cheese. Bon appetit. That is all. And we are back with more of the Camp Walk-Along Wire. Once again, I am your Camp Director Bison, joined by Camp Counselors Wizard Spoon, Buck Mild, and Nude Beach. And it has come time, as it does every week for us, to talk about what happened to us last week. So once again, let us dive in to Camp Counselor Wizard Spoon's last week itinerary. Wiz, what happened last week? So when we last left our heroes, they had recently downloaded a uh, new app with which they were attempting to figure out how to make their reservations in Yellowstone National Park oh my for their goodness. campsites. That was a nightmare. Everybody's been using this to try and figure out their mileage because uh, at this point we were about to go into Yellowstone National Park. And right. Yellowstone is is the one place on the trail where you have to get like official, official permits and pick out your campsites. Pretty much everywhere else on trail, you hike to until you're done for the day and you find a... a decently established, leave no trace friendly campsite for you to, to sleep in. Um, except for when you go to Yellowstone, just because of the amount of traffic and obviously being like our one of our larger and most visited national parks, they kind of have to keep numbers down. And so we had to establish 
like exactly where we are going to be, which is something we really haven't had to do on this trail so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, something we can't do. But eventually, uh, you know, uh, it was me, Bison, Nude Beach, and then we hooked up with Buck Mild and Fuego. Uh, full, full trail name, please. Professor Chip Fuego, MD. Thank you. Uh, and we had kind of just been like, here, okay, let's all go through Yellowstone together, and we can use our collective brain power to figure that out. And so we made our reservations to the best of our abilities. And we stayed on them verbatim the entire time we were in Yellowstone. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, Okay, well then the next day we uh, got a hitch from the owner of the Outlaw Saloon where we uh, had camped out one or two nights before. Yeah, I think we had talked about that in the last episode. So we had slept out in the back and the the owner was like, oh, I can't tell you that you're allowed to do this, but if you sleep here, nobody will mess with you. Yeah, once again, another shout out to the owner of the Outlaw Saloon. And also another uh, shout out to him for giving us a ride and also a shout out to his mother. Yeah, man. So so the guy the guy who owns the saloon picked us all up and hitches us up. And as we're like getting out of the car, like we get up to the top of the hill where we're supposed to jump back on trail and we're getting out of the car. And all of a sudden this this older lady gets out of the car and looks at us and she looks kind of sweet. And she goes, I want you all to know. I think you're disgusting wimps. And I was like, oh, ha, 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 that's fun. I Thank you. And he goes, she goes, no, I mean it. You're disgusting wimps. I was doing this back in the 70s, and I didn't have phones and computers and lightweight stuff. I was doing it all myself. Yeah, she was very intense. Yeah, but it was weird because she didn't, I couldn't tell whether she was saying it in earnest the whole time. Like she was kind of smiling, but she also like never really backed down. That's saying that we were wimps. And I really, I'm still confused. Yeah, she kept that She was very serious about it. (laughs) She was very serious, but it was just very fun. Which, uh, by the way, I will say, if there are any people who, uh, any campers who are like, yeah, people uh, were really tougher back in the day. You know, they had to deal with all that stuff. To this I say, if you also had all of this available to you now, would you not use it? <laughs> oh, you were you were back in the '60s using Map and Compass. You weren't using astral navigation. You were looking at you wimps. You disgusting. Wow, you just need somebody else to make a map for oh, you. Oh wow. Oh, you carry a tent. You're not building your own bushcraft shelter. You disgusting wimps. Yeah, that, that that's a kind of an attitude uh, with a lot of older. Now, once again, thank you to this man and his mother for giving us a ride. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you for doing this kind deed for us. But <laughs> screw off, lady. <laughs> I will I will respect anybody that does oh, do it without yeah. this technology though because it does make it harder on yourself oh, but yeah. there's no reason to not use mad mad respect but also like <laughs> it's already dangerous enough as it is yeah <laughs> like don't don't piss on other people for taking advantage of tools of the modern age everyone knows that maps were the last best resource like <laughs> <laughs> in CDT. Uh, so anyways yeah uh, thank you to the owner of the outlaw saloon and his mother from your favorite disgusting wimps Go on. <laughs> well, so anyways, uh, we got back on trail and uh, pretty shortly realized also that we weren't going to make our reservations. Uh, but also, who did we run into but our old friend, SOS. SOS, uh, who has been doing, honestly, the, the goofiest. Wa- yeah, the wackiest route. He's on, so he's not doing a flip-flop, but I think at this point he's on segment like 14 of his flip-flop. I feel like every time we see him, he's going a different direction in a different state. It's a flip-flop, but he's flip-flopping multiple times through different areas. I mean, that's the joy of this trail. I mean, nobody's going to do the same one. I mean, all four of us have been hiking together, and we're not, we haven't done the same trail so far. That's true. 
So we run into SOS and family while we're in Yellowstone and you had kind of mentioned it. So yeah, I think our first night uh, reservation for Yellowstone. Completely missed it. Complete, like we were still in town that first night um, and we were very nervous that we were going to be uh, apprehended and 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 have Fine. a have a talking to but uh well so we, yeah we had, we had just camped in a we were still in a campsite but we were just at not the one that we had reserved uh which was still out in the middle of nowhere yeah With there like was almost no backpackers out there in southeastern yeah. <laughs> we didn't see anybody it was it was incredible we had the entire park to ourselves. And, like, but we still came up with, uh, okay, well, if a ranger shows up, we'll just say this. Either way, doesn't matter, because we saw nobody for the entire first half of the trail. Here's a little camp counselor tip for all you folks out there. If you want to go visit a, a popular national park, a Yellowstone, a, a Smoky Mountains, Shenandoah, what have you, um, if you want to avoid the crowds, literally go like a mile and a half off of any big view touristy point, and you're going to have the entire park to yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, anyway, so we got into, we finally got into Yellowstone. Uh, it was a little bit anticlimactic. There was no giant sign for us to, uh, like, take a picture in front of. We just, like, walked through the back door of Yellowstone, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, we made our way up to the uh, east side of the lake, which a lot of people did the west side. East side Cool Cats. East side Cool Cats. Uh, but yeah, then <laughs> it ended up, I don't know whether or not it was still a good idea to do the east side because... Boy, there were a lot of blowdowns and bushwhacks. Well, there was one section where like they had rerouted the trail, but it wasn't for sure. You couldn't tell that on the map. Mm -hmm. So like on the map, we're like, oh, we're gonna go on this trail here. And I started going on this trail. We all got real scratched up in that section. And once again, we did not make it to our reserved campsite. That nope. was two for two of nights we did not make it to a reserved campsite. Well, so I will say we were planning on hiking into, or on uh, hitching into Cody that night. And uh, Buck Mild and Fuego, they made it at a time where it was still pretty decent to get a hitch. And so they got into Cody. Um, but the next morning we did end up getting a hitch, um, Ooh, even though yeah. that, even though Fuego and uh, Buck Mild were in Cody already, we decided that we were gonna go hit up uh, the Yellowstone Old Faithful Village, because that's where mine and New Beach's packages were waiting for us at the Old, or the Old Faithful Village post office. So we did get a hitch into uh, Old Faithful Village. And campers, I will tell you what, as few people as we saw in the first three <laughs> days in our park, or in Yellowstone National Park, we saw everybody, literally every single person in Yellowstone Old Faithful Village. It was Disneyland. It legitimately felt like I was at a theme park. Yeah, well, and also this was my first time to Yellowstone, so I was uh, excited to go to Old Faithful Village. Yeah, it was, honestly, it was great. It was, I, I want to be kind of that, that purest hiker who wants to be no it was so great being around all the touristy people it was so fun well and the old faithful <laughs> inn was so cool oh yeah the old faithful inn so we got to go take a look at old faithful inn this huge enormous beautiful building it was built in i think 1800s i think uh 1880s i believe yeah 18 between 1880 and 1881 i think were the two years it was incredible uh but yeah anyways uh guess what was not at the old faithful post office oh my goodness i want you know i want us to be able to support the usps but i they have let us down so many times i this trail. i'm pretty sure literally every single time i've used usps for something on this trail it has gone awry it either didn't show up yet or they sent it to the wrong place or it's being held somewhere so like i know like don't don't kick a horse when it's down but like 
campers, if you're looking to ship stuff out to yourself on trail, um, I would check first to see if there's like a hotel or a hostel or an outfitter or some private business that will accept it first. Because unfortunately, we've had nothing but <laughs> problems with the with the postal service while we've been out here. Anyway, all that to say, just do your research when it comes to doing mail drops, if at all possible. F find stuff in town. Support the local businesses of the places you're in. Don't uh, mm -hmm. don't order gear and stuff offline if you know there's a couple outfitters in town. Because not only is it gonna be it's better for you to support these these small local businesses. It's also just you're not gonna have to worry about the hassle of shipping. Yeah. Anyway, so we got to we got to the Old Faithful post office and we walked inside and neither of our packages were there. And so they said, okay, well, we'll get a sent over here tomorrow at some point. I said, okay. So we got to spend an extra night in Yellowstone Old Faithful Village. Yeah, well, well some new, people did. Yeah, so. new, new Beach went out to Cody and Bison and I stayed in and we got to hang out with our uh, late trail friends, Sauce and TBL. Oh, did they die? Yeah, they're they're gone. They're dead forever. Oh, our condolences to the family of TBL and Sauce. R.I.P. No, not not late as in dead. Late as in we we met them later in the trail, but it was yeah. great. We also just because we were just killing time, we found ourselves meandering around the lodge like all day just because looking for something to do is really hot outside, and we come across a door in a back hallway of the lodge, and it's just labeled tub room and I kind of peek my head inside and there's two doors going opposite directions and I open up one of the doors and inside this door is just a room that is completely covered in black and white tile. There's an ornate sink and there is a antique clawfoot bathtub, an enormous bathtub. And that's very art deco. That's all that was in this room. And I looked in the other room and it was the same kind of thing. It was just a big tiled room with an ornate sink and a clawfoot tub. And we had nothing but time to kill. So lo and behold, guess who took a bath? This guy. And, and it was, this guy. It was incredible. It was truly like, I'm a, I'm a tall fella. It's hard to be fully submerged in a tub. And I was, I was shoulders to toes underwater and it was incredible. But we all met up back together. Uh, we went on a hike that day and ended up meeting up that evening with an, a huge crew of of, of hiker trash. Of, yeah, hikers. We all ended up convening about the same campground, so we all camped together. Yeah, uh, but fun night of camping with everybody. And then the next day was basically like our tourist day in Yellowstone, starting with a drunk road walk. Oh my yeah. gosh, that was... Picking up White Claws at the gas station rather than coffee, which we had planned on getting. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we got to, we got to this gas station, and I, I, I... Was it you? Somebody was like, should we get Claws? Oh yeah, I just saw the big tall oh, yeah. boys of White Claws, and I was just like, yep, this is what I'm doing today. Buck Miles and like, I saw Buck Miles do that, and I said... I think I'll do the same. And then you, I saw you both with each, you each had a claw and I'm like, why get one white claw when you can get two? And so I got two white claws. And so everybody got like double barrel white claws. Um, and so we all decided we were gonna get our drink on and do this road walk. And it was a great idea for the first three hours. Until the sun really started beaming. And on then us. it got hot and then I got very tired. I took like four naps that day. I got so drunk tired during that road walk. Uh, but the nice thing is it was broken up. That entire road that we walked, we it was dotted with a lot of the, the big touristy points. We got to see uh, the mud pots we were going down there. We got to see a huge herd of bison. Oh yeah, we, we, we ate some lunch near a herd of bison and we were like, ooh, let's not get any closer than we are now. Cause you know, these are wild animals after all. And then later down the road, uh, what was stopping traffic but a herd of bison that we then had to cross in front of and be like, 
like Five 10 feet. feet away. Yeah. Yeah. Very close. We, I heard a park ranger talking about, they call them bison jams because there's like the bison decide they're just going to go across the road and all cars in all directions got to stop. And this is a lot of times the one through way in this park. Mm-hmm. So you have all the traffic having to stop, which is fine if you're in a car because you're stuck in a car. Yeah. You have to kill some time, but you're in this car. Meanwhile, we're on foot. So like we're, there's nothing between us and these bison and this jam. And so we, like we're walking through and we just see him going across and it's kind of like one like you got to find a hole in traffic. You're like, I'm going to frogger my way across this herd of bison to see if I can get through without getting gored. And um, uh, I learned my new favorite sound that bison make. <laughs> they stick their tongues out and they go. <laughs> you can really hear the tongue. <laughs> the whole body will have a little like uh, quake in it. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, like they're dry heaving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So honestly, even though like it was kind of a shit show of a day, uh, it was it was beautiful. We got to see a lot of really, really cool stuff. Yeah. The touristy part of our time in Yellowstone came to an end and we had to go back into the backcountry sites. Yeah. So, yeah. So we start hiking in the backcountry sites and it just so happens that that big old crew of folks that we had been camping with, we were kind of staying in line with them. And so it just so happens that we were going to all camp together that night. And so we were just behind our buddy Papa Roja. Um, so we were hiking in, he was maybe a mile, mile and a half ahead of us. We get into camp that night and we see Papa Roja and he goes, Oh, do you guys see the bear? And I go, no, no. He goes, yeah, I saw a grizzly bear like two miles ago. I'm happy that he was just ahead of us. Cause if he had not, we would have run into that bear. And I, I desperately want to see a bear, but I so desperately don't want to meet up with a bear. Yeah. I, I, I would like to see one from far away. And that would be it. I'm also fine with not saying one. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, we did have our whole crew with us that night, the big old group of hikers. So it's nice to know that when there are bears about, you have uh, you have a little bit of, of a crew to maybe scare them off. Uh, but yeah, then we uh, you know got through that backcountry section and we made our way out of Yellowstone into Montana. No giant beautiful sign to take a picture in front of. So uh, I will say that going into Montana, even though there was no sign or anything, once again, I feel like there was a big shift. Like every time we get into a new state, you can tell like you can you can feel the shift in it. And and getting into Montana, I feel like it became a lot more densely forested. Yeah, it was like Pacific Northwest a little bit in some of those valleys. Yeah, it's it's been incredible. Montana has been been super 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 neat. It's been it's been really nice, kind of being back in a forested area, especially after spending so much time on roads. I I know that day I got to hang out with some baby goats. That was really cool. They were they were just like in this little pen and kept poking their head out the fence. So I got to pet on some baby goats. I had lunch with a dog. I was randomly sitting on the side of a road eating my lunch and a dog came up and just started hanging out with me. Yeah, Dodger, that was a cool dog. Wait, you guys you guys had already also met that dog? Because at this point we, we had been hiking separately. Did you guys also meet the dog I had lunch with? Uh, yes, we also met that dog. The little Cocker Spaniel, not Cocker Spaniel. The the type of dog that, uh, the one that travels through, travels through time is Wishbone. Wishbone, the little Wishbone dog? Yeah, the little Wishbone dog. And that day was 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 fairly uh, fairly uneventful. We got to go through the town of Pony, but yeah, New Beach, New Beach, and I took off first out of Pony Bar. I think you guys had stayed back a little bit later than us, which was a okay. So New Beach and I took off, and we were having a good little solo hike. And we're hiking most of the day, pretty uneventful. Um, and then we get to this junction in the road where we had to take a turn off, and we saw there was like this weird. I mean, it almost looked like a like a camp there was like this kind of facility out front we had reading a sign it said it was like a some university research facility 
Um, and so we were like, okay. And we looked at our maps and like the trail goes right through there. And we saw that there was a road going right through. It's like, okay, I guess we'll just kind of cut through this road. Um, and so New Beach and I were walking through and we make it like almost all the way out. We're like maybe a hundred yards from the, from the back end of this property and to get back on to like whatever the main road is, whatever you want to call it. And like a hundred yards from the end, all of a sudden we hear somebody coming out. There's a, there's a camper on the edge of the property and there's this old dude pokes his head up out of the, out of this camper and goes, Hey fuckers, what are you doing here? And we're like, Oh, sorry. This is where our, our, our map took us. Uh, we're trying to get back on the CDT. Is this the way? And he goes, get the fuck out of here. We're like, oh, oh, okay. Sorry, sir. And I mean, at this point, we had literally almost off the property anyway. So like, okay. And so we start, we keep hiking out. And at this point, we're like maybe 20 yards. Like we're, we're right by the fence. We're almost off the edge of the property. And we hear an ATV pull up behind us. And the ATV gets out and a dog runs up on us. And we hear this guy hailing, hey, hey. And we're like, ah, oh, jeez, yeah. And we kind of turn around and he goes, what are you doing here? And the same kind of thing, I'm, I'm just kind of like, oh, we're so sorry. We're on the CDT, we're trying to get through. He goes, you damn hippie assholes, which I've never been called a hippie in earnest. And I'll tell you what, it felt real good. Like. Like I knew I, I felt bad for like being on this dude's property. You weren't. Which I wasn't. I you was, were on a state road. I was on the road through the property, but we needed to get through it. And I, But he called me a, a damned hippie asshole. And that's, I take that as a mark of pride. But again, we're trying to leave. And, and, and we're like, he elongates the conversation. Yeah, and he goes like, he goes, you all need to get out of here. And I said, oh, okay. Is it this way? And he goes, drag ass. And I go, Okay, I'm so sorry, sir. We'll we'll get out this way. And he goes, drag ass. And we're like, okay. So this is twice we've been stopped, like almost on the edge of the property, trying to get out. And so we finally get out of here. And this dude's like still threatening us. He's like, we see that he has like a gun on his hip. He, he, he didn't like pull it or anything, but he had like hand on the holster. And he goes, you better hope the neighbors don't shoot you. We're like, okay. Okay, man, sorry. And so we we finally get off the edge of this property. Um, again, on on, on the, road, the road that goes on through. the road that goes through yes, the property. Everybody's legally allowed to drive this. Road. And so we get off, and Nude Beach and I are kind of looking at each other, like that was awful, but also kind of chuckling because we're you know damned hippie assholes. And at that point, we're like, well, let's, let's let's try and text them to see if we can tell them not to go this way. And neither of us had signal, so we just kind of walked out and we're like, well, I surely hope this doesn't happen to them. Um, but we, we hike out. Uh, what, what, <laughs> okay. So right, what happened to you guys? What okay. So here's what, what happened when we ran across. This so who, guy. who all, who all were you with when you went through? Uh, well, we, we won't get into too many specifics, but okay. we'll just well, say Buck Mild and I were there and then two other hikers that we were around at that time. Um, we get there and like, this is a very nice area. There's water. There's like water yeah. spigots. Yeah. And like, clearly this is a place where, you know, had it been full of the students of this college or whatever, like probably would have been pretty cool and welcoming. Uh, so, and I, I had the idea like, Hey, like maybe we can camp here because we know that for the next, a lot of it, it's going to be roadwalk and private property. So I am like looking around trying to find somebody that I can talk to. And 
Like, yeah, that does include looking inside of windows of buildings. And before I know I hear a, a dog barking. I look over, I see Wizard Spoon's hands just up straight in the air. Yeah, so I, I was about to go back to my friends because, like, I didn't see anybody. But then the, the same dude that you guys interacted with comes out, and he has a gun pointed at me. So this dude who... When seeing us pretty much off the edge of his property, already like blew up, went straight to a 10. I'm sure he was very civil with you guys when he saw you guys also walking through and one person looking through the windows. Well, yeah, <laughs> honestly, like my memory is a little fuzzy about like everything that was said. But yeah, I immediately threw my hands up. I said, sir, I am not armed. I have no intention of like any malfeasance. So dude, dudes at this point has a gun on you. Oh yeah, gun, gun is facing pointed me. Pointed at your face. Pointed at my face. He says he should put a round in me. How far, how far, how off is he at this point? Yeah, he's like a couple yards away from me. Yeah. So like close range, uh, gun on me. Also using his very limited vocabulary to uh, tell us to get the fuck off of his property. Right, one, two, three, now. This dude really just like, I'm pretty sure he was watching a Clint Eastwood movie before uh, all of us started passing also through. Also drinking straight liquor, most oh, likely. Yeah, yeah. okay, so here's the thing. This man was definitely drunk. Yeah. Um, it, it, like, talking to him, we eventually, well, here's the thing. We were like, cool, we will leave. And then, as what happened with you, he proceeded to elongate the situation and make it last longer than uh, we cared to. Uh, but yeah, so I had the gun on me. He was like, get the fuck out of here now. I'm like, okay, cool. I will get myself and I will leave. And so like, you know, I <laughs> I don't turn my back to him. I like back up eventually to get to where my stuff is. He swings the gun around and like... He's pointing the gun at everybody, at everybody. there. It's yeah. uh, Wizard Spoon and I and a couple of girls that we were hiking with. Yeah. And... He goes, um, I I was... He calls my, you a fuckstick. My <laughs> honor was hurt because he was telling us that we were freeloaders. And he was telling us, you know, we were just like assholes, whatever. He calls me a fuckstick. You guys and, are, you're not a damn hippie asshole? You know, we weren't damn I'm hippies. yelling this dude. I'm telling him we're kind. Like, I'm telling him he's overreacting. We're trying to just like be nice people. He goes, he throws the gun. He throws the gun. This guy does not know how to practice so, gun safety. He has well, finger it, on the trigger and then he throws a gun. Well, and also like if he throws the gun down, clearly his intention isn't protecting the property. It's being a big badass. Yeah. He throws the gun and on the other side of the barbed wire fence, I'm on a state road. He's on the property. And he goes, and he's trying to fist fight me. Yeah, he says, he you want to go, fuck sick? And he's trying to fist fight me at this point. He says, you, me, here. Uh, and, uh, like... Uh, fist to fist. Yeah. You, like, got, you got to watch punctuation on that because you want to go fuck stick could mean something else depending on where you put the comma. <laughs> but yeah, no, we're just like, no, dude, like we will go. We will go. Like leave, you leave us alone. We, we grab our bags. Like we go out there. He continues to, you know, yell obscenities at us. Uh, we, we, we are getting down that same road and, you know, we eventually hear his ATV also like, Coming up the road. And at this point, we're like, okay, this dude pointed a gun and threatened my life. Like, we are pulling out our bear spray. And if he pulls that gun on us, like, <laughs> it's on. But he he ended up, like, yeah, not coming back up to us. We got over the boundary. And, um... I mean, okay, so this dude, like, 1,000% overreacted. But this is just, this is just a warning 
just to all campers out there, you don't know how people are gonna react. So if you find yourself in and around private property, or you think you might even be in and around private property, or maybe are you on a public road on private property, just have your wits about you. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, it, it was- It was a, it was an upsetting evening. Be better than me. Don't try to Don't argue escalate. with these people. Don't escalate it. Even, yeah. even if you really, really want to, because you feel like you've been uh, hurt are they like hurting your honor? Yeah. You don't know who's gonna shoot you for no reason. I wanted to say something so bad at that dude. I wanted. <laughs> well, there's to there's just no reason with this man. He was clearly an alcoholic. I like, worked yeah. I worked enough years in customer service to know that some point when like an asshole is just hollering at you, all you can do is smile and say I apologize because like you escalating the situation is only gonna get you like shot. Like yeah. no, it's it's like you just gotta say, sorry, I'm sorry. Like even if you're in the right, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. I will say in, in all of my in all of my years of of through hiking, I have never had a gun pointed at me and nor is it I would say a I've never had a gun pointed at me for any reason. Yeah, and it's not a normal thing. So campers like don't don't be I hope yeah, you're not too skeeved at like this is not a normal occurrence. Uh this is this I, is just, like like everything everybody was just so flabbergasted by it because of how ridiculous all of it was. Like just none of it made any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I um, felt like telling him that he should uh, maybe pick up hiking and do him some good. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that could well, probably use a little bit of uh, yeah. some nature time. Our faith in uh, humanity was definitely restored though right after that event. That next it was morning, a freak accident. Yeah, literally we, the next morning after all this, like I think, I mean at this point, I'm guessing the adrenaline hadn't even turned off for, for Wizard Spoon yet back in Whitehall. No, I could. I had a hard time falling asleep. But uh, but no, yeah, me and me and Buck and, and Nudri take off down the road that next morning and we were on the road for like probably a mile and all of a sudden a different gentleman on an ATV, a completely different man on an ATV experience because this gentleman rolls up on an ATV and he has a corgi sitting on the front of his ATV and a corgi sitting on the back of his ATV. So there's a man and two corgis drive off to me on an ATV and he starts chit-chatting us as we do, which is great. And at some point he goes, y'all ever had choke cherries? And we're like, what are choke cherries? I've been trying to identify them for a while now, and I could not figure out. I was not confident. Yeah, well, you've Buck, been, you've Buck been is munching, a berry man. Yeah, Bucks, you've been munching all kinds of berries. Like the only one I'm, I'm ever courageous enough to munch on are, are raspberries, because I've heard enough horror stories about people eating stuff they thought was was food and end up making them real sick. But you've been trying to, to ID a bunch of berries, and this dude comes up, Bill, on his ATV with his two corgis and says, hey. Way less threatening. <laughs> have you guys ever had choke, you guys are had choke cherries, you damn dirty hippies. And we said, uh, <laughs> you and disgusting we, wimps. And we, we said, no, no fuck stick. We've never had <laughs> choke cherries. And he goes, ah, oh, come on my property. So we, we end up walking on this property with him and he's got this beautiful little piece of like ranch property that's got like a cat and chickens and these corgis. And he goes up to this tree, this tree of these berries that we've been seeing this whole trail, which I'm so sad. I wish I'd known this whole time we could have been eating these. He gives us these choke cherries. And then he goes, y'all ever, you guys eat tomatoes? And we go, uh, yeah. And he goes to his other part of his garden, pulls us a bunch of cherry tomatoes, we're eating them. He's talking to us and he goes, y'all eat, y'all eat apples. And at this point I'm like, Bill, I'm just gonna tell you right now, if you're gonna offer us a fruit or a vegetable, we will eat it for sure. <laughs> so he ends up loading us up. Like we took like, he has these apple trees on trail. We took like four or five apples each. We got a whole bunch of the choke cherries. He had wax currants too. Wax currants, yeah, those were, those are another really good one. He filled up our water. And so like Bill immediately, immediately renewed our faith in both humanity and ATVs. You know, eventually we do some more hiking. We get out of that uh, 
area that caused a little bit of uh, trauma for some of us. <laughs> yes, sir. And then uh, we make our way here to beautiful uh, Butte, Butte, Montana. Montana. I feel like the last kind of thing on our list of things to talk about, uh, I got very hot. Which is to say, dehydrated when we got into town. Oh my god! So okay, so. no, 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 campers. We had we had uh, we had gotten into our room. We had gotten our Epsom salt bath, so we could all take our our luxurious mineral baths. We were getting ready for going for supper, and uh, Wizard Spoon goes, "Well, we've got a little extra time. I'm gonna take my 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 shower real quick before we eat dinner." Like, okay, all right, man. Take my spits. So he goes in there for like maybe 45 minutes. Well. And all I'd been drinking that day was coffee and White Claws. Coffee and White Claws, a recipe for success, a 45-minute shower. This was a hot shower. This is like one of the hotter showers we've been in. Like, the water was super, mm-hmm. super steamy. Very nice. We hear the shower turn off. Door opens. A plume of steam comes out. <laughs> Wizard Spoon looks at us. His face is like pale as a ghost, which is saying something because he's already a very pale man and he's even paler. He kind of looks at us and he just falls on, collapses forward, just like boop, face down into the carpet. And then he pops up, oh God, that was weird. I think I might be dehydrated. And you just fall and passed out. Yep. You were like gone. uh, You know, I, I was in the bath for a little bit. It was very hot. And then I showered off. And near the end of the shower, I was like, ooh, I'm feeling, okay, I'm, I'm, it's pretty hot in here. It'll be nice to, like, get back into the room where it'll be cool. I just get lightheaded. I exit the door, and uh, everything goes gray, and I fall face first this into is like, the ground. This is truly, like, a Three Stooges style, like, full, f- body completely straight, just falling forward, as if he was trying to do, like, a belly flop onto the carpet. Later, I was like, I wonder if they thought I was doing a bit when I got out of I the shower. I thought you were doing a bit. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Because like, that looked like it. You were also, like, maybe two inches from smacking your head on the edge of the counter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a harrowing week. Yeah. But uh, nice thing is we're we're about to make our way out. We're, we're going to... F- I mean, we're taking off for our last 427 miles of the CDT. Hoping to catch up with some friends that are a couple days ahead. Yeah, we got some cool. We got some some cool stuff coming up. We're about to go into the Bob Marshall Wilderness, which I've heard is one of the most beautiful and also one of the most grizzly bear inhabited spots on the trail. So I'm yep. both excited and terrified. And then we're going to Glacier National Park, Glacier, which is where we're going to finish up. And then we're going to hit the Canadian border and then not enter into Canada because it's still illegal for us to be in Canada right now. Yeah. So we're going to touch the border and say, okay, bye. bye, and then backtrack another three days back to a road that we can hitch out of. Um, but yeah, that's our... That, uh, that's, that was uh, last week's itinerary. Campers, that brings us to our final segment of uh, the Camp Walk Along Wire, which is the camper questions. What uh, what camper question do you have for us this week, Camp Counselor Wizard Spoon? All right, from Camper Brian, his question is, what skill do you have and are proud of that is absolutely worthless on the trail, but you still try to use it every chance you get? Thank you, Brian. Uh, fun fact, uh, Brian is the Scoutmaster Spellman my old scoutmaster from when I was in the Boy Scouts. So thanks for sending that question, Brian. Um, I feel like I am uh, I am just a collection of useless skills. Um, but as far as the one that I find kind of helps me out most on trail, um, I always I always said to myself that I would be a Chopped champion. I love I love the TV show Chopped, which is a, a cooking competition show where they kind of give you like 
five things and they say, hey, make something out of these five things. Um, when uh, Wizard Spoon were, and I were back in college with, uh, with PDF, the three of us would just kind of go into our pantry of our weird old house and, and find whatever we could and compose different meals out of it. And I find myself doing that a lot on trail. Just like you get to the second to last day before you get into town, you've already eaten all the snacks and candy and things you actually want to eat. So you're left with like the dregs of your food bag. And I would say at this point, I'm, I'm pretty good about taking those remaining like weird rices and pastas or whatever, whatever I happen to have left in there and combining it to make something pretty tasty. So I would say my, my useless skill is is my, my ability to improvise food when uh, generally it, it shouldn't work. I don't know, anybody else have any, uh, have, have any skills that they find that they use? Uh... You know, for mine, I guess I would say it digs into my stage management skills, specifically like time management. Mm -hmm. You know, just figuring out like, okay, cool. If these are our goals today, this is how we need to divvy up everything and this is what we'll need to do to accomplish it, uh, which can be useful on trail. Um, but also sometimes trail is just gonna be run by trail time. Exactly. Everything's just gonna happen when it happens. And that also tends to also just, when you're hiking with a group, uh, you can make plenty of plans for yourself about how you wanna divvy out the day and it might just not go that way. <laughs> Yeah, there you are. You are at the whim of the trail, and that that brings us down to Buck Mild. Buck, what what do you got? Um, probably my banjo playing ability. It's probably not the best. Uh, I've been playing for almost three years now, but um, I think it does actually help on trail, even though you wouldn't think so, because it sometimes I feel like it does help for a hitch. Yeah, yeah. It uh, it's just the extra little thing. Uh, people see the banjo and they're like, oh wow, I, a full true traveler. Yeah, campers, you you guys can't see this, but Buck Mild has been rolling with with a banjo on his pack, not on his knee, sometimes on his knee. But uh, from Denver. From Denver, yeah, and this thing is great. Uh, 14 can, can ounces. You, can you tell us a little bit about, about your instrument? Yeah, so um, there's a guy online who makes these campfire banjos. They're 14 ounces and um, it's not a great instrument, but it, it is certainly- It almost always stays in tune for one song, it, right? Well, usually for about one song. Um, it just depends on the heat or the cool or, uh, you know, I mean, if the sun turns onto the banjo, it's gonna go out of tune, so. <laughs> it's just, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I find it's great for morale, uh, personal morale. Oh, yeah. You don't wanna hike all day. You don't wanna just have pure efficiency all the time. It's exactly. So you, got, you got to get that FKT, that funnest no time. And for you, that means that means picking a little banjo every now and again. Yep. I'll tell you, I, I very much enjoy enjoy hearing it. I've rolled with a, a couple of instruments on trail. When I was on the Appalachian Trail, I hiked about 500 miles of it with a melodica, which is kind of like a little keyboard that you blow into. Uh, I didn't I didn't bring any instruments on on this trail, but I was happy to see you had something. And, and honestly, I love hearing you play it. In fact, campers, um, I think actually after after the end of the episode, after you hear uh, Bookworm make our our closing campfire, do you think we could get you to play a, a couple of tunes for us, Buck Miles? Sure. Heck yeah. So keeping your ear out, campers, after the end of the the closing announcements, the closing campfire, uh, you'll hear a, a couple tunes by our very own Buck Mild. And with that, giving you something to look forward to, that brings us to the end of the Camp Walk Along Wire. Once again, I am Camp Director Bison. You can find me on Instagram at Reverend Bison. That's R-E-V-E-R-E-N-D-B-I-S-O-N. This is Camp Counselor Wizard Spoon. You can find me on Instagram at M-A-R-C-U-S-C-A-R-R-O-L-L-S-M. This is Nude Beach. You can see me on Instagram at nude underscore beach underscore hiking. And uh, Buck Mild on Instagram. 
I'm under a Stone Hikes, S-T-O-N-E-H-I-K-E-S. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, fellas, for joining us this week. And campers, thank you for joining us this week. So ends another week of the Camp Walk Along Wire. Hey, we're going on a walk. You want to walk along? See you up the trail for another episode of the Camp Walk Along Wire. Our camp counselors embrace the treasure state of Montana with nothing but the Canadian border on their minds. Campers, you should know that our counselors are obsessed with answering questions. If you have something you just have to know about camp, feel free to DM us on our Instagram, at Camp Walkalong. That's C-A-M-P-W-A-L-K-A-L-O-N-G. Or send us an email at campwalkalong at gmail.com. If your question is featured, We'll also follow up to ensure you receive a complimentary Camp Walkalong Wire sticker. While you're pondering your question, check us out on social media and let us know how you're enjoying summer camp this year. Likewise, we keep the podcast fresh through the generous feedback of campers like you. Go ahead, subscribe to the podcast at your streaming platform of choice and leave a rating. Your input is essential to a great camp experience. If you're feeling extra generous, financial contributions can be made at anchor.fm slash camp walkalong using the support button. Help Camp Director Bison plant a few of his favorite Ponderosa Pines. The Camp Walkalong Wire is brought to you by our treasured camp staff, spread out all across the United States. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Salmon House and the following contributors. Producing, mixing, and mastering by Camp AV Director Danny Delaney. Additional editing by Camp AV Assistant Roberto Preza. Additional mixing by Camp AV Assistant Evan Scherer. Original music by Camp Composer Counselor Ube. Bugle calls performed by Camp Bugler Tommy Delaney. Original artwork by Camp Artisan Erlon Vasquez. Camper Outreach by Counselor Anna Rhodes. With additional producing and editing by me, Camp Historian Andrew Bookworm Nalen. Hello, all. It's your Camp Historian Bookworm wishing you a warm December as the year nears its conclusion. The end of the hike, too, is on the horizon at this point, and seeing all of the excitement and emotion on display is a real thrill. Today's episode, without a doubt, shows some of the more difficult moments that prove the final act of a thru-hike is by no means guaranteed to be simple. Twists and turns abound, sometimes from the environment and sometimes from the population. It's important to remember that things can turn on a dime when you're going for a hike, and your faith in humanity, as our hikers put it, will be put to the test. At the same time, there's often a kind soul just around the next bend. And those people are crucial in keeping us from getting jaded. From Camp Walkalong, this is your Camp Historian Bookworm, wishing you a warm jacket for the first snowfall, an instrument to jam on at night, and the glimmer of a sunrise, wherever you may be.
This is Buck Mild with the Continental Divide song, uh, Out on the Inside. Search for a way for the ceiling. 